A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish and Happy New Year. This is Shelby. And this is Ashley. And we are thrilled to start the year off with a bang. We have my co-host from another podcast, Mr. Matthew Huff. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for taking a chance on me and having me on this podcast. It's an honor to be here. Our pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. So Matt and I host a podcast called P.S. You're Wrong, which is more movie focused, general pop culture and so he did an episode on PSU Wrong with Ashley where we talked about Taylor Swift's Lover album. And now we have invited him to Swiftish to talk about Taylor Swift's latest foray into acting with her <laughs> stint in Cats, the well-reviewed and totally magnanimous movie that everyone in the world went and saw this Christmas break. But yeah, um, we're excited to have you. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm the one who suggested this crossover for cats. Um, yes. So I'm sorry if you did not enjoy your experience watching the movie. <laughs> oh, no. I was always going to watch this movie. Like, it looked oh, yeah. like a disaster from the trailer. <laughs> Whether or not Taylor Swift was in it, I was fully on board to go see it. And it did not disappoint. It was a uh, dumpster fire <laughs> of a million degrees. And I loved every second of it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for I mean, coming spoiler on. Spoiler alert. Shelby, were you going to watch the movie? Oh, I mean, if Taylor wasn't in it, that's tough. I think I probably would have not, but then I saw the reviews and they were just so delightfully bad that it felt like, yeah, a train wreck you wanted to witness. So I probably would have wound up at it. It was a it was a great time. I had a I had a hilariously wonderful, (laughs) fun experience (laughs) as one of four people in the theater. Yeah, me too. Jellicle Cats was the song of the holiday for my family. So (laughs) (laughs) it was a joy. Oh, my goodness. Um, But Matt is one of our longtime listeners, a big fan of Swiftish, huge, huge fan, loves it so much. Plot twist, though, he does not like Taylor Swift. So, I mean, me thinks the man doth protest too much at this point, but he says he's a hater. So... (laughs) I mean, Taylor Swift was also my number one Spotify artist in 2019. Oh, yes. Again, I think that was mostly due (laughs) to the fact that I listened to the album several times in preparation for our last podcast, but maybe I'm just a secret (laughs) stan. Who knows? Do you listen to a lot of music? (laughs) You know, I listen to more podcasts than I listen to music. So I think that it got thrown off a little. Oh, like so I was wondering like if you are a huge music listener, but Taylor you're using that one episode that we did in August as an excuse yeah. that, you know, that's why she's your number one streamed artist. But that makes sense. You do more podcasts. That's your yeah, excuse. And, and he's a Taylor Swift fan. Like we just have to embrace this. Yeah. I mean, there's some to... bops on that last <laughs> album that were good running music. So I'll give her that. But oh. yeah, so can you explain to to me, to our listeners, what is it about Taylor Swift that kind of rubs you the wrong way? Oh, gosh. Oh, ah, I'm going to get attacked and dragged. <laughs> um, 
You know, I, I, well, first off, I guess I'm just not really a country music fan. So from the jump, I was sort of like anti her just because I liked other genres more. Like when she, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Kanye West fan. So when all of that happened, (laughs) I was very like, yes, Beyonce, less, yes, Kanye, like uh, Taylor Swift. I find Taylor a little bit like, I don't know what, like she's very calculated and I think a little manipulative and like, (laughs) likes, likes to have her cake and eat it too in different situations where she's like, clearly she's made a huge platform and millions of dollars off of like dragging people along with her kind of like, uh, personal life but then when you ask her questions about it she's like could people just stop asking me questions about this like well you put it in the song so like that's what we're asking for so I don't know I'm I'm whatever on Taylor Swift but Taylor Swift like as a person and like a cult of personality and her fandom and just the crazy business decisions that she makes Mm -hmm. I find utterly fascinating and so this podcast has been like (laughs) you know my guilty pleasure for the past couple of years just listening to you guys talk about um like uh what's the thing where you had to like watch the music videos a million times to get the yes boosting boosting. and Mm -hmm. just all the drama of Taylor and (laughs) Scooter Braun and you know just forever interesting to me yeah and it's so interesting that like because we're not the only Taylor Swift podcast there are like three or four other ones out there and they have they have like listeners and followers too so it's so interesting that an artist can have all these like different sub genres that people like create you know you have Etsy accounts you have podcasts you have YouTube accounts where all these Swifties are like clamoring to those people to get more like Taylor information more Taylor swag just more of her like it's it's unreal to me it's still unreal to me that we have been doing this podcast for two years and people like more than 2,000 <laughs> people listen to it it's crazy yeah the thirst well, is real and, and honestly that it's shocking that cats did so poorly in the theaters given <laughs> how many fans Taylor Swift have I was like how, what percentage of this money that the movie brought in was like solely from people who dutifully went to watch it because Taylor was in it like I mean we real. polled our listeners mm-hmm. and over 70% did not see cats <gasps> Yeah. I know oh they're God. fake fans. Wow! <laughs> I think I think as soon as the premiere happened and the news broke that Taylor was only in it for like four to five minutes, people were like, "Oh yeah, no, never mind, mm-hmm. I'm out." Yeah, they're not going to spend the money, so. and they, all the reviews were like <laughs> terrible. They're like, "Why am I going to go Truly see that?" Terrible. And a lot yeah. of people are like, "I'm going to wait till it gets to HBO. I'm going to wait till it gets to Netflix." You know, I think <laughs> they want to maybe enjoy some catnip while they watch yeah. uh, <laughs> Cats. I think it'll make it a little bit better. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and Taylor was promoting this film a lot, but suddenly as soon as it was out, she was just MIA. <laughs> she was the yeah. only one promoting it. The only yeah. one. <laughs> well, also yeah. she was she was gunning for that Oscar song, but once she yes. got nixed from the Oscar shortlist, I feel like that was like, okay, well, what am I doing here? Because <laughs> There's nothing else good happening to me that's going to come from this movie. <laughs> so I have a question about that. You guys are more into the pop, like the pop world. Do when it comes to Oscar nominations, do does the committee watch the whole movie through first and see how it aligns with the story, or do they just listen to the song? 
Well, typically they do watch the movie and see how it fits in. But I think because Cats was so late to screen that I don't know if they got to see the whole thing or if they just saw the or if they just heard the music. And then also like Cats, I don't know how closely you're following this, but they pulled they're like for your consideration <laughs> yeah. Oscar campaign. So I also don't know like where in this process the people who were in charge of cats were like, this is a disaster. Like let's not even <laughs> submit this to Oscar. Like that could have been a situation Amazing. as well. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There. All right. Cause I, you know, after watching it, I was like, you know, I can definitely see it. Her song. Cause her song not being, considered for an oscar after seeing the movie like ooh, that is not gonna be <laughs> yeah i don't want to like, celebrate in that. the running yeah so that's because yeah. i liked her song like I, like surprisingly when it first came out i didn't i wasn't a fan but i've listened to it in the car i listened to it at the end of this this credits and i was really like oh yeah i actually like this this is a really good song so i took a chance on it <laughs> the oscars did yeah <laughs> yeah no they didn't such party poopers um but before we get into the mess of cats we do have a little bit of taylor news some taste explanations to get into because mm-hmm. um, it's been a while i mean it's been a couple weeks since our last episode um we were gifted the christmas tree farm and then i think really that was where we ended um in 2019 well, she- and so her birthday happened. We recorded before oh, her yes. birthday. I went yes. to Jingle Ball, which was really That's fun. Right. It was really exciting. I loved it. And Halsey was such a support. And she let Taylor take her first slot <laughs> so that Taylor could open the show and go to her birthday party. And Halsey closed the show. So that okay, was, you know, like, what's your opinion about Halsey? Like, real talk. Like, let's be honest okay. here. Real talk on Halsey, and Matt, <laughs> you, you have to let me know what you think. Okay. I think Halsey, and oh, I don't want to get dragged for this. I think she is <laughs> like really like sucking up to Taylor. Oh yeah. Back oh, in yeah. the day yeah. when it was like Joe Jonas, she did not like Taylor. She even wrote a song mm-hmm. like all about how like. You know, Joe is so much better than Taylor. And then we have right now where Taylor. Halsey like, wrote a song about how Joe Jonas was well, better than Taylor Swift. I thought it was okay, Harry maybe she didn't write a song. A parody. Harry Styles. Yeah. It was a parody to one of her songs. Um, one of Taylor's songs, and she rewrote it into <gasps> saying like how bad yeah, like she Taylor was, a, was. Harry Styles, she was sorry. A Harry Styles stan. And Taylor. she didn't like oh Taylor dating Harry. Yeah. And so she wrote a anti Taylor song. Mocking Taylor, I think. Very. What do you guys think? That's my. That's my (laughs) personal opinion. She just kind of wants to like suck up to Taylor. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just it just feels a little too earnest. Like it's just happening too much right now. Like she's really Mm -hmm. gunning for that like lover fest ticket line or something. I don't know. I. I don't know. I mean, she got to go on stage with her and now she's like, oh, look, I got to close the jingle ball. Like, look at me. I'm such a nice. And she did the balloon thing for her birthday, too. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. a little much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She you is, what her thirsty. is. <laughs> thirsty for it. Oh. Yeah. Which I can't blame her. I would be yeah. acting the same way if I was. If her. I had, yeah. If I had the connections <laughs> and I could do that. I would. I'd be like, hey, Taylor, You'd here's be. all balloons. I'd be sending her stuff every <laughs> yeah. single day just to get that little, Ashley, thank you. You know, instead of, Hall- instead of you know, Ashley Halsey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that's did. right. Yeah. Call me Halsey now, you guys. Okay, just- we will. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, but you had the jingle ball experience. Yeah. So much fun. It was. How was fun. it live? It was really fun live. I mean, she didn't sing as it, like. I felt like she was on stage for like a blink of a moment and then she left. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just it, it was just uh, too quick. And part of me is like, I had a really fun at Jingle Ball, but I was like, mm, do I need to come to Jingle Ball next year if she's here? <laughs> I don't know. It was a blast. It was it was fun to sing Happy Birthday to Taylor with you know oh, yes. in person. You know, yeah. my little like air quotes. It was yeah. fun and like a lot of Swifties <laughs> were there. I got to go to Cornelia Street, and of course you knew. I like mm. blasted Cornelia Street while I was there. My friend was embarrassed, <laughs> and this lady in like a red BMW was giving me a really dirty look. But <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. It was, you know, the vibe. I know it was her birthday. She's thirty, so end of a decade, start of an age for her. It's exciting. It's kind of really. It's like fitting for you know the new year. Yes. And she wound up on a bunch of end of decade lists, which were fun to see come sprinkling mm-hmm. in towards the end of the year. Um, Matt, if you had to put a Taylor Swift song, album, or event on your end of decade list, like would you grace your list with anything, any Taylor content? Um, well, Do you was think she the, cracked it? The Connie thing was not this decade, was it? No. No, it was the- 2009. Although I guess the like the National Snake Day or whatever, I feel like yeah. that is like a that that's like a pop culture moment of the decade. So <laughs> if you had to touch yeah. that, yes, yeah. or like feud of the decade, one hundred percent. I'm trying yes. to think of of songs. Um, you know what? I was listening to this just like randomly came up on the radio today. Randomly, the, um, yes, the um. <laughs> The the song that she did for Fifty Shades of Grey with Zayn. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this yeah. is a very good song. And I feel like it could be in my top 10 decade, like movies, like song for a movie, for I sure. It's a, it is it is a jam. And I feel like it, it was underappreciated. Have yeah, you, well, I haven't watched you. Fifty Shades. So I really like the song, though. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> but but it, was, it was a good song and whatever the yeah. movie, man, when, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, what was surprising to me is that Red, the album, ended up on a bunch of decade top 10 or top 50 at least. Yeah. Even though it wasn't on, that well received yeah. in well, in its first foray, you know. Which is so sad. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, more people liked Red than they liked 19 or 1989? I think it all depends on like who you're asking. So um, <laughs> like the insider. Well, like based on the list. I guess, or like these decade lists, were most of them for red and not for eight, 1989, or it was like even? I, I like the ones I looked at were kind of a toss up. Um, so okay. like Insider put red as number one and as number 13, 1989. And oh, then, two yeah, for right, two for, and that was the best 15 albums of the decade. And then the RAA, oh. they they compiled the list, it wasn't based off of like what ones they liked better, but they compiled a list of the decade's top 10 awarded albums. And the first oh, okay. two, of course, went to Adele, you know, all hell mm-hmm. are our, our queen over there. Um, <laughs> but number three was 1989, number four was Red, and number six was Speak Now. Oh, look at oh. that little yeah. baby, so yeah. awarded. So, like. <laughs> Three out of the ten were Taylor Swift's, which is really yes. But nobody's liking Reputation. That's not making any of these lists. <laughs> I think Reputation is like people's guilty pleasure. You know, they really like it, but I don't know if it was like award 
nominating quality stuff. You know, people just kind of like she wasn't nominated for a lot of stuff for reputation. I don't know if she didn't submit stuff or if it just didn't go over well with the critics, but I like reputation. Because she I know. I feel like I keep. Yeah, I feel like I keep leaning towards reputation more than Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I love them all. You know, who am I kidding? It's hard. On uh, PSU Wrong, we did a decade in review and Matt told me I could only, I couldn't put all Taylor Swift stuff for the music (laughs) thing. So (laughs) I had to make choices. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So what did you choose? You know what? That's a good question because I was waffling between putting 1989 and Red. So oh, let me yeah. just look here. Um, I feel like so you might have put them both. I probably did. But I just so, can't remember which one was one. <laughs> I mean, if I was Shelby, I yeah, would choose 1989. And I would have to le- – I, I, I would really have a hard time separating 1989 and meeting Taylor because that came uh, in that yeah, era. Yeah. So the, I would I would have just chosen 1989 because it's like such like a magical time to be alive for you. You're right. 1989 was my number one album and Red was number six. So (laughs) I limited myself to two albums. And then for best songs, it was All Too Well and uh, Shake It Off were the only Taylor Swift songs I allowed. So that's called Mm self-control, you know? (laughs) So none for mother. it probably would have all been. I love her was like number 11 for me. It's like recency bias, you know, you try to avoid that. Yeah. What about false God? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I know, I know. Matt didn't have any Taylor, which I feel like he should have, but it's fine. He had a lot of other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Taylor took his Spotify top artist of the year. Yes, so we'll call yes. that a win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I wonder, Matt, we told you to watch the um, yeah, we did. The New York Times did a behind the song for Taylor Swift's Lover single. And it was like her explaining the whole process and showing it through audio clips and interviewing her producer on it and um, all this stuff. So did that, had you ever seen anything like that from Taylor's perspective before? Did you appreciate her more? Did you feel something watching that? I feel like there was one of these or or that there were some of these clips, maybe it was it for reputation that she released some of these. Mm-hmm. I feel like I saw yeah. a video at some point where it was kind of the same yeah. thing. My She's question done it for is, rep and 99. Yeah. Is always like, how accurate do we think this is? Cause like, yes, she has <laughs> this clip of her like sitting down at the piano or whatever and saying like, Oh, I just like thought of this and whatnot. But then it, it, they always feel like very, put together to me so I'm like do you think that she sat there for a while before that or like is it truly that it just comes to her in that moment and that's what it sounds like because that is incredible Mm. if that's how it works but I feel like I don't know in other creative processes it's like slower going but I've never written a song so I don't know but but I was impressed either way I mean it it felt like you know I don't know that she had come up with this like fully formed thing and then you know they just kind of tweak it a little bit here and there well let me ask you a question Matt do you think Taylor Swift (laughs) is a good actress a good (laughs) actress well mm, yeah I mean 
it's hard to say because I don't think that she's necessarily like I don't think that she, like somebody else wrote this song and then she sat down and like did the whole thing made yeah. up but I wonder if like she's been working on some of this for a little while mm-hmm. and been sitting down at the piano and figuring it out okay. so that when she starts the video and goes mm-hmm. like oh I've been working on or like this song came to me that it's already been worked through a little bit or if mm-hmm. it is like you know she was in the shower and had like the whole thing and then quick rushed out and was like do and like it was just a perfect song that way yeah i think it's like a lot of like time lapse together it is i think i do think it w- was within the time frame she said it was but i definitely do think like maybe she was because she said she she's been sitting there thinking of like for a while that she wanted to write a love song that, you know, two people in love can like dance to to like three o'clock, 3am. So I think she already had an idea of that. She wanted to write a, a, a song like that. And then I, I, I think, you know, she, the, people are just really crazy talented. And I think she's one of them. I think that it happened mm-hmm. probably in the, in that time period that she said it did happen. And maybe like we, she didn't turn it on and we didn't see her first thought process of like, okay, like it, I don't think it spewed out in like two seconds. I do think she was probably like thinking mm-hmm. around on the piano, like learning the rhythm of what she wanted to do and like the the melody. But I think it's like fairly accurate. But I do I do think she probably sat down once she had it composed and you know played it out. Well, and she said like with certain songs, it just comes a lot faster. And I think Lover, mm-hmm. she said, was one of those. Whereas mm-hmm. like if you watch the behind the scenes of like Gorgeous or the voice memo of I Know Places, mm-hmm. you can tell that there's a lot less that has been like she starts with. So it is like an interesting question of like how on how truthful she be when she says like, oh, I woke up and I had it all in my head. But I mean... I, I think it's impressive that she's trying more and more to just let the, um, I don't know, the process speak for itself instead of like, and she's just like laying her cards out. She's like, you can believe mm-hmm. this or you don't have to, but here's my New York Times video about how I did this. And that's what I want to talk about. And like, <laughs> you know, screw yeah. you if you don't believe me at this point. So congrats, really, Matt, on finding yeah. some doubt in her <laughs> process <I> mean- <laughs> even still. <laughs> I am not surprised that he found process in this diary of a song. Yeah. You know, I, I think when we were on your podcast, he did even say like, you're really, really even like, but does Taylor write her own songs? You know, like, <laughs> and we were talking about these videos and I was like, this is proof. These are like proof that she writes her own songs. People like Jack Antonoff, people that she works with have come out and said, Taylor writes, Taylor writes, Taylor writes. But, you know, there's always that doubt because, you know, they're not there. (laughs) You know, she's she's a woman. You just don't like strong women, Matt. We know this. okay? yes. I mean, that's that's my main objective in life. Um, No, I mean, I just I just feel like, um, you know, people somebody like Taylor Swift, like everything that they're doing is going through a million different people. I mean, Mm -hmm. not not the necessarily the song, right? But anything that they're putting out for the public is like Mm -hmm. being vetted by a lot of different people. So I'm always just a little bit like I feel like when you're making a video that's like that, you're gonna like zhuzh it up a bit. And Mm -hmm. so I wonder if some of the early drafts like aren't kind of like, okay, well we'll leave those off and we'll make this like look a little better. But I don't think that somebody else like wrote the song and then slipped to her and was like, okay, here, like sit down at this piano and like (laughs) uh, hum a few bars and play this. But yeah, Yeah. I think the process just might've been a little longer. My question is though, so then I also watched this video of her writing uh, the Christmas song that she Mm -hmm. came out with. Mm -hmm. And I remember from 
the last podcast that there was some speculation (laughs) on like how long it took her to write that. And if she had like, have you guys changed your mind or like reformed thoughts based on your speculation (laughs) on that song? I've always said that she, that people were friggin' making stuff up when they said she had that planned years or months ago. I think she did it exactly as it shows it in the video, which is she woke up, wanted to write a Christmas song and she did it. But it sounds like I, Ashley's still no. holding on to those Christmas I, tree emojis. You know, I, I, I think that she wrote the song in the time period that she said she did. But I think that she probably had an idea that she was going to write a song about her Christmas tree farm. You know, just like her growing up, like reminiscing on childhood because she's been reminiscing on childhood for like the past, like however long, like if you look at her journals are all about like her childhood, you know, growing up like within the industry, her journal and um, entries. So I think that like, it's, it's, it's very, you know, lover era esque. I love the song, but I think she, I think she knew it was going to be like Christmas tree. You think it was that yes. Christmas tree in the me music video was an Easter egg for Christmas tree farm. Final yes. call. <laughs> Yes. So okay. I mean, I mean, one day we'll have to ask. I know. Maybe it was like, uh, maybe it Ooh. was like you know, a school assignment where the teacher's like, okay, everybody has to write a poem about whatever, and then it's like you go home and you do it. <laughs> yeah. And she just like knew. She's like, okay, I'm giving myself this assignment. Like, you got to write a song mm-hmm. for Christmas, and I'm gonna put Easter eggs in there. And then, and then you know, it was just like that day. She's like, okay, got to get this done. It's like, wh- oh, what am yeah. I gonna do? Last minute. Let's yeah. call uh, whoever in his Christmas yeah. sweater. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can see that too. Like maybe she knew she could write a Christmas song, but she wasn't sure exactly what it was gonna be about and she put the Christmas Christmas themed Easter eggs right. in everything. Yeah. And then it just happened to align with a Christmas tree farm. That hey, I, it I, might be. Definitely. I'm the I'm, girl I'm all for a that. good Easter egg. Yeah. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. I do. Well, if only we'd had an Easter egg for how uh deliciously wrong cats would be because <sighs> I mean, the clues were all there, I guess, with the trailer that totally flopped and um, the fact that Cat's musical is still the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. Um, But, I mean, Taylor Swift was very excited about this movie. Like we said, she was the one who was heavily promoting it. Um, She talked a lot about Cat School. She brought it up in a lot of interviews. She she was stoked for Mm -hmm. this film. You want to lie? because yeah. <laughs> she was only in five minutes of it. She wasn't even yeah. in five minutes of it because a, a, a body double was in the other like two and a half minutes. She <laughs> like she only did that one section. So she had no idea how they were going to incorporate yeah. all these other parts into it. Like that's my right. only thought. Is she like she's <laughs> quiet right now because she has no idea. She's like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? What the heck? <laughs> So that's my Yeah. I mean, she's had a few different acting experiences. Yeah. So this isn't yeah. her first rodeo. No. Um, she started out with a, as most, um, you know, B-list celebrities trying to get their foot in some door do as a dead girl on CSI, which mm-hmm. I never saw, but I watched it today. <laughs> I've seen the photos. I love CSI. And she's not only a dead girl, because you see a lot of... Um, you see a lot of people who are just bodies, 
but she also yeah. tells a story and she is this oh. this teenager who is you know angsty and hates her parents and she goes from like a a blonde girl with like curly you know her like you know speak now era to like a girl with like a <laughs> nose ring and dark hair <sighs> kind of kind of like you think of you belong very with edgy. me you know very very <laughs> that dark hair or even in yeah, you know, when she's like, she has an like emo and she's like dancing in the mirror, like that's, mm-hmm. that's what, what you think. But you, I mean, it wasn't. Wait, do you guys think that that was an Easter egg for reputation? Like all <laughs> oh that gosh. time ago, she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this someday yes. on an album. And that, and that we should have seen the signs then. I, I think, I think that so. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it is only fair, right? <laughs> I think it's totally yes. fair. Yes. But she, but she's Haley Jones. I mean, the acting was a little overacted, but that's where she started. And it's Taylor Swift, you know. Yeah. Cute little baby. And then Taylor. probably her most like recognized film role was in Valentine's Day oh. in 2010, movie of the decade. Um, totally yes. <laughs> well received. Um, but she had a bit role in that, which was um, where she met her love of a moment taylor lautner so big moment for any swifty out there matt did you ever watch valentine's day oh yeah i've seen valentine's day a couple of times because it has anne hathaway in it who is like you know yes a favorite of mine um yeah i i honestly don't remember taylor swift in that movie very much other than her like bizarre cheerleading routine (laughs) but i don't remember thinking that she was necessarily a bad actress just that her character was like weird okay oh my gosh that's so generous of you so (laughs) there's an an article the guardian they called her the worst actress in the movie and then in parentheses (laughs) and of all time and it said, in this quote, it said, I saw this movie with a person who has affection for Taylor Swift. Within five seconds of her appearance, this person was whispering, oh, my God, in horror. She speaks her line <laughs> with the conviction of a native Esperanto speaker who has learned all of them phonetically. She twitches. Her mouth gapes. She squints. There is a dance routine. Taylor Swift would have appeared to have forgotten out of sheer self-consciousness um, how to convincingly walk like a human being. She delivers an abstinence lecture. We're going to wait. I think we need to enjoy this time as if she's reading aloud from a car instruction manual. So <laughs> lots of... Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Lots of passionate feelings about... <laughs> Taylor's lack of ability in this yeah. movie. I will wow, say this. Vicious. I think Taylor Swift is sort of a weird walker, which was reinforced to me <laughs> while watching Cat. Like she does have something funny going on with her gait, and also she is not a good dancer, which but I think that <laughs> lends itself to the performance in Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. So mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. like she was in character, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. It, it worked for me. It worked yeah. of of her movie performances, I'll get I think that was maybe one of the better ones. I don't know. <laughs> oh no! You know the the, per, the uh, author for the Guardian actually says that um, it made her it made him love Taylor on a human level. So <laughs> just because like oh yeah she's awkward like my heart goes Bless out her heart. to her yeah yeah it's interesting because she started yeah. the decade in Valentine's Day and then she's ending the decade. And cats. So that's yeah, just maybe full that's an Easter egg too. She was quality. like, I have to get yeah. out of here before the decade ends. So <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, her next bit was uh, unseen, just a voice role in the Lorax, which you know what, fine, cool, whatever. It, yeah, it interacted with Zac Efron, so congrats to her. Mm-hmm. And then oh, she yeah. was in a 
sort of strange bit performance in New Girl where she is the she's the um, sort of ex-girlfriend or or long lost love of this guy that one of the characters is going to marry and she Mm -hmm. stops the wedding which I remember watching New Girl (laughs) and um, having her pop up and being like what is happening like when did this get scheduled like I was so shocked to see her on my screen and you know what Uh um I just think she's such a good musician, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, so Zoe Deschanel says that Taylor is super funny and all the other actors are like, we'd have Taylor come back. Oh, yeah, come back. <laughs> I think like New Girl is like this. It's, it's a very hilarious show. I love New Girl. And mm-hmm. it was random and awkward to have Taylor Swift pop up and speak now and be like, I love you too. Yeah. Um, but like it wasn't horrible. It was, you know, a few lines it was a comedy show, so I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You'll for you, allow Taylor. Allow <laughs> yeah. it. It's not the worst thing I've seen her in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she had a- another part in The Giver where she plays Rosemary, which is the um, giver's daughter. So she's in, mm-hmm. like, flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, not a long role. Not a good movie, again. Um, did either of you see this? I did. I saw no. it. yeah it was okay again I didn't feel very moved by her it felt sort of like b-roll footage for um Mm -hmm. uh like some of her sadder music videos where she just stares off longingly in black and white but she did it so it's like a transparent it's like transparent image of Taylor singing and it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible like it, like a, yeah. a lot of people didn't like this movie, um, but someone just someone I was reading an article today that said it was a highlight of the movie Taylor, and you could see her for like five seconds. But who said that though? <laughs> I don't know. I read a lot of articles because a lot of a lot of places were like because oh, the movie didn't do well. Like at thirty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, not a lot of people liked it. They just didn't yeah. enjoy it. It was a mess. But interesting enough. So Scooter Braun was executive executive producer on The Giver, and oh, I read an gosh. article that said that him and Taylor found out at the same time that she was going to be in the role because he was behind behind the stage of with her with her before one of her performances in her dressing room, and that's when someone came in and <sighs> said, hey, and they were all hanging out, and they were like, "Hey, um, you got the this scandal." So it's like it's just kind of like it's, you just see how far they've come, how far how. how Far, <laughs> the stars fallen. have fallen. Yeah, you know they used to <laughs> hang out in her dressing room, and he was executive producer of The Giver, 2014, yeah. 2019. Not so much. Yikes. I want to know though, like who is Taylor Swift's acting agent? Because <laughs> these roles are terrible that they've gotten her. I mean, oh, they've no, 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 all no. been in like bad movies that I, haven't done well, and I feel like you. she is a big enough star that like you could get her things that fit her better than these <laughs> parts have. Okay, so around the giver, or it might have been around New Girl too. So I was reading an article today because I was doing all of my stuff today, and she had said that she. The past, I think this was around before The Giver or something like that. Um, but she she's very interested in acting, and mm. she has so many scripts and she reads them all the time. But she just she doesn't want to give up any of her time or devotion mm. to singing. So if she finds a script she really likes, that's what's going to really get her to like you know oh sacrifice boy. that so time. So she picked these. So she <laughs> picked these. Yes. 
That's what she, that's what oh, she said a few gosh. years ago. I don't know about now, but when I was reading this, I was like, it was around the giver. I was like, oh gosh, so Taylor hasn't done any acting in the past like five years, but this is the <laughs> one. And she couldn't even devote a lot of time to it because, of course, you know mm. she had, she couldn't do two scenes; she could only do one scene. So in uh, cats, like, yeah, she so she did the song, and then. Mm. They got a body double to do the stuff on the the boat. Oh, interesting! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that so was even. To. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even her. Like she, the, oh, a body double. Oh, scandal! Yeah. So apparently, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. She chose this, but she has a lot of stories about sitting around on set watching other people and writing songs with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So I, I maybe know. And, she just didn't want to do it. <laughs> and she was she went to cat schools like more than anybody else. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. we can debate something that about this movie doesn't add up. Yeah. I mean, it is sort of a mess of a of a production cycle. Um, Cats twenty nineteen. Um, we, of course, knew she was going to be in this. Uh, everyone was a little bit like, huh, Cats, interesting. Tom mm-hmm. Hooper, he directed famously The King's Speech, won an Oscar for it, went on to do Les Mes, which was so-so, but still made a bunch of money. Which, okay, can I talk, can I jump in really yeah. quick about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift has gone on the record saying that she, like... Uh, was approached to be in Les Mis, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. I guess initially was going to try out for Cosette which is like the mm-hmm. Amanda Seyfried role which like okay maybe but then for whatever reason it didn't like fit her vocal register yeah. so then they yeah. had her audition for Eponine mm-hmm. which is the woman who like dresses up like a man and dies mm-hmm. and that is just like rude to ever bring Taylor <laughs> in for that role because there was not a chance in hell she was getting that well, and yeah and that's just like that that's just like salt in the wound of bringing well, her in and having her do a like a chemistry test with Eddie Redmayne like no they, there is no way that they were ever considering her for that role based on her vocal prowess like that just did not happen and you cannot get me to believe that well, anyone who was a producer was like yes this is a possibility they so, only brought her in just to say that they did so tom has said i just read um i was doing my research tom said that the reason that she did not get offered that role was because he doesn't believe that anybody would ever overlook her you know like that this mm, this mm-hmm. character is overlooked by so many people and they that just, is very kind of him but that is <laughs> yeah. not the reason why she did not get that role that's why he said it that that is what he said and i yeah. was like okay tom okay yeah i mean taylor swift has grown a lot in the last couple years with mm-hmm. her vocals but yeah i mean there's an element of power in the eponine role that would be hard for a lot of pop stars to do like any of them because it's just so i don't know it would have been a weird fit so it make i'm like i'm not surprised that that never happened Mm -hmm. um but it would have been a strange enough fit that i may have enjoyed the movie a little bit more than i did (laughs) (laughs) i really enjoyed the movie i don't know it's also because lame it's not as great as like their original production um lame is one of my favorite musicals i really enjoyed anne hathaway's performance in it some of it i was like oh okay but you know there are little bits and pieces that i enjoyed and i don't know if i would have enjoyed it as well taylor was in it just because (laughs) she just doesn't fit that role right yeah it would have been weird to see the girls they got playing eponine 
like is a Broadway star and yeah. I think mm-hmm. she's one of the best parts of the show. But now yes, that I'm yes. saying this, like, oh my gosh, they would never cast Taylor Swift. That now I'm thinking, well, they did cast Russell Crowe in that like and lead role secret. and he was terrible. <laughs> so I guess, you know, yeah. anybody could have been in this movie at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, Tom Hooper makes some strange choices. I, he's sort of been spiraling out since the King's speech. And I mean, Lemez, he famously insisted on doing it without a... um backing tracks it was all sung live which was very difficult for the post-production elements of the film and so it's interesting that then he follows that up with cats where he's like oh i'm not going to do this in any traditional way i'm doing digital fur technology and so i think he always bites off a little bit more than he can chew and it just came to a just like disastrous end with cats where Mm -hmm. it was immediately first trailer just panned for the just sheer horror of these cat designs and i mean ashley you and i have talked about this on our podcast quite a bit just in our apprehensions of this film but matt (laughs) what was your first reaction to this um to this movie I mean, I feel like from the jump, we knew it was going to be bad before there was even a trailer. Like, just the cast (laughs) list is so bizarre. Because if you're going to go for something that's, like, well done, you wouldn't be casting, like, Rebel Wilson and Jason (laughs) Drew. You know, it's like the casting is just so strange. that You have, like, Judi Dench on one hand and Jennifer Hudson. And then on the other end, you've got, like, uh, you know, Jason Derulo and James Corden. And, I mean... (laughs) God love her, but Taylor Swift also. So I don't know. And then the trailers, the digital fur technology looks so bad. Like the movie, even just watching like the movie, the faces look like Snapchat filters sometimes. Like the head isn't quite where it's supposed to be or in the right direction. Like everything just looks bad. Yeah. The, somebody or another has like a like a lion mane that's like not quite moving correctly. They look like they're floating the whole time. Like why are the mm-hmm. cats wearing fur coats? Like are they other dead cat? And- like like just so yeah. Many questions. Yeah. Why do they have boobs? Like, it, yeah. yeah, it was going to be bad. We knew it was going to be bad, and then yeah. it turned out to be even worse than we thought it was going to be because he didn't have time to finish it. He like oh, only no. partly finished it, and then they realized like, oh wait, this isn't done, and sent out another cut to the movie theaters, <laughs> which is unheard of. Amazing. He um he said in an interview like last month that the fir- reaction to the first trailer led him and his team to rethink their entire process and to change like how they designed it. So that was, gave them like a few months. Uh, I don't know when the first trailer hit, let's say six months to totally redesign this digital fur. And then he still ended up with this mess that no one enjoyed. And it's set to make like a hundred million dollars in losses for universal mm-hmm. it made like 3.8 million in its first weekend like it Ugh. has been a disaster of epic standards for like a benchmark movie like this like it has just bombed so hard and in every way and what's funny is that Taylor Swift, you know, everyone's at the red carpet. They're there for the premiere. And Taylor Swift is like, yeah, I haven't seen any part of this movie. Like, no one's seen it. Because he was working on it until that morning. And then, of course, like, Tom Hooper himself is, like, asked about, like, oh, like, are you excited? Like, are you ready? And he's like, he just seems so dejected on that red carpet. Like, it was just like, he knew that it was a mess. 
And yet he could do nothing to stop this ball that had started rolling, you know, a year ago when it was announced. Oh, it was just bless a delightful mess. I soul. loved it. <laughs> bless his soul. Oh. Yeah. And he well, actually owes a lot to Taylor Swift, he said, because uh, at the premiere, he said, first of all, that Taylor Swift was instrumental in getting a large part of the cast together, which I don't know if he's passing the beck in some way or if he's <laughs> truly grateful that her ties to, I don't know who she brought on, but yeah, it was who, who in this cast Jason is she friends Derulo. with that she brought on? Well, um, even if they're not friends, I imagine she just has sway, you know? I, yeah, that's true. No one's going to want to be in a movie with Taylor after this. They're like, oh, Taylor's on it. Um, I'm not sure of her. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what pull she's going to have there. Oh. Yeah. Well, she had it. And she was also involved from the beginning because Tom Hooper, when he decided to do Cats, immediately hired her without having to have her um, audition or anything because of the Amez uh, situation. And so she was involved <laughs> from the beginning. Um, and he showed her to the like point mock-ups where, of what, yeah. <laughs> what he was thinking, like the digital fur and everything. And she was like, uh, yeah, we don't, don't know. Do that. Maybe that's what for it. She just... <laughs> I don't know. This is just—it was just really yeah. super bizarre. But the best thing to come out of this movie are the reviews of the movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just yeah. There's some good. I can't ones. believe Delightful. that more people didn't go see the movie just based on how like bad the reviews were and the trailer. Like the fact that more people didn't hate watch it is baffling to me. I went opening yeah. weekend and there was six people in my theater. Me and my two cousins were one of them, and two people got up and laughed yeah. halfway through. I was like, I was like, this is a terrible movie, but like very fun to watch. Like yeah. I was laughing through the whole thing. It was well, so what, bizarre. What's interesting too is that. Cats the musical has a cult following. It has a huge cult following. Yeah. So it's just like it, they sell out. I saw Cats live um, like a month and a half ago. And like every single night, they were all sold out. So people, like, if it's in your town, people go and see it. So it's so interesting <laughs> to me that people just didn't go out of curiosity. Especially with all the, the well, I mean, names. some of these reviews made it pretty hard to think it's worth it. Someone, I mean, they're just hilarious. It's like there's a thin line between idiocy and genius, and cats puke a hair, pukes a hairball on it, and rubs its ass all over it. Um, nine may not be enough lives for some of the stars to live down their involvement in this poorly conceived and executed adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's hit musical. It's amazing to see what Adult Swim can accomplish with a hundred million dollar budget. Um, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. My eyes are burning. Oh God, my mm. eyes, you know, I mean, it's like, just like <laughs> straight out of the litter box, perfectly dreadful hairball, yeah. hairball of woe, memory best forgotten and a till better <laughs> left untold. However, though, so Los Angeles times, they did, they ranked, you know, we were talking about like the decades, the ranking, they actually ranked which actors kept their dignity. And Taylor <laughs> is up there with keeping her dignity. Yes. So there's like yeah. Judy Dench and Ian and then the Victoria, <laughs> the cat Victoria. And then there's Taylor. She's the number four out of all the cast. And it said, if anyone has the ability to shake it off, it's Swift, whose show-stopping musical number uh, is as fun and flirty, Belborina appropriately plays much like the catwalk portion of a concert set, strutting down the stage <laughs> with mini-me backup dancers, engaging the audience with cringe call-outs. So, you know, it's... <laughs> 
at least she kept some of her dignity. They also went on and said extra points um, in that department for pinning Victoria's new solo, Beautiful Ghosts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this movie then. I mean, obviously we did not like it. Uh, we may have enjoyed it to some degree, but it is a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you were watching it, like, what were your reactions, especially to like Taylor Swift's part in it, her hand in both Beautiful Ghosts and then her later musical number, Macavity? Well, Matt, as a whole, a- I mean, I, I knew nothing about cat. Like, I knew nothing about the <laughs> plots of cats going there into this. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I was very confused as to what was happening the entire time. I read, like, the sum- the synopsis for the musical, like, the stage version afterwards, and now have, like, sort of pieced together what happened, but was just very confused. I thought that a lot of the songs were really boring. The Jennifer Hudson yes. song, which Mm-mm. she sings twice, I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is so dull and, like, not rousing at all. Mm-hmm. I honestly was sort of impressed that Taylor Swift... Um, managed to be in so little of it like i think that she at some point like knew knew that this was a, a bad move and her and her scene is like very kind of i mean her, it's sort of a boring song she's doing it in a weird british accent mm-hmm. but it's like pretty standard she's not doing strange things like rebel wilson is eating a cr- cockroach <laughs> yeah. with like oh a person's gosh. head on it and oh like God. scratching body the nether regions off. like a crazy person yeah. <laughs> James Corden is like jumping around in buckets of trash. So (laughs) I thought Taylor Swift was good. And also I thought that her song, like when I heard it initially, just separate from the movie, I was kind of like, Oh gosh, this is slow and boring or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I thought it fit into the plot really well in that it did not feel to me like they were shoehorning it in. Like if you hadn't told me that that was always in there, I would have thought that it was. So, I mean, kudos to her for that, I guess. I know. Very interesting. Cause I feel like you were very anti beautiful ghosts when it came out as was I, I wasn't that into it, but I wondered if it would have been better to hear it from the cast first, because I think Taylor Swift's accent kind of gets in the way. The song itself is kind of simple and weird. But yeah, in the context of this even weirder movie slash musical, it was like a refreshing, logical song with Mm -hmm. real words and a rhyme structure that makes sense, you know, which is very hard to come by in this musical where literally nothing rhymes. They're singing nonsense words. (laughs) What's a jellicle cat? I do not know. But Beautiful Ghost was like, oh, okay, English. Like, thank you. You know? Mm -hmm. So here's a question. Like, this role that Taylor Swift has, I think, is sort of like it's not a big role in the play, really, either. I was trying to think, like, do you can you think of some way that she would have been better used, like a different person that she should have been? I was wondering, like, sort of why they didn't cast her as I mean, I guess it was um, like conflict reasons, but like why they didn't cast her as either like the rumple teaser cat or mm-hmm. the um. Or, like, even the main one? Um, so, I- I've seen the play, and or the musical, and Bumble Arena is actually in more of the musical than Taylor is. Like, she's one of the lead dancers. Oh, okay. So, she's, in- she's throughout it. Even though she doesn't have, like, a-, a song, she's actually in the musical throughout the whole thing. And just to let you guys know, this movie is way weirder than the actual musical. 
like the <laughs> cats and oh yeah so there's so like McCavity doesn't like steal all of the people yeah, who yeah. are who are going who are auditioning for the role he just like hides Deuteronomy um there aren't little tiny cockroaches like the cats are telling the story <laughs> about um you know, Rebel Wilson's character and they put on like mice costumes and they like put yeah. on a dog costume so it's not like so when I saw that that you know rebel wilson eating cockroaches that was the weirdest <laughs> thing that i even i could think of there was no walking disturbing. the plank scene. and they had human faces they had yeah. human faces the cockroaches yeah. and the mice yeah. it was so yeah. disturbing it, it was, was so weird very disturbing so they didn't and like <laughs> and like they didn't necessarily you know do this musical justice because this musical is like you know celebrating dancing it's like yeah it's more about the the presentation of you you know the the, uh, the theatrics of it all whereas this movie more like it's more of the emotion and it's more of the people that that they want you to see and so just there's this disconnect this movie should have this musical should have never been made into a movie (laughs) um and when you're talking about jennifer hudson's song memory I she, I am cringing because that is that's the best <laughs> song in Cats. You know, like she put too much emotion in that song. Like you could see snot rolling down her nose. Like yeah. you know, she yeah. was like she was crying through it all. But if you listen to Memory, <laughs> like it's a different it's a different range, a dif- different like I think like their vocals aren't even on the same pitch. Um, but she did not do it justice, and it really broke my heart to see how terrible Memory was. Um, <laughs> and I was also very disappointed in Taylor's performance. Very disappointed. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <gasps> Only because, Ashley, like, whoa. no. Well, like, first of all, so this song, McCavity, is supposed to be a song about, you know, they're telling how bad McCavity is. She is singing it with her best friend, another cat. She's not supposed to be aligned with McCavity. Like the original oh. musical, she's not aligned with McCavity. Oh. There is there is not a catnip scene in the <laughs> musical, which we know lovely Scott Thanks, Swift Papa suggested Swift. that. And that is why, you know, they don't get high off a of catnip in the in the musical. There's like nothing like that. Um, but I've seen Taylor perform better on stage than she did on here like it like i they, and i don't think it's her fault i think it's just a chore- choreography that they gave her and uh, i don't know it just you know i was like i was prepared to not like her because i don't necessarily like her acting yeah. like i just i don't thrive when she's on the, the big screen like that yeah but when she came on i was like oh like actually this is fun her accent yeah. isn't distracting she's clearly like having a ball but then she was ha- wearing heels and it was very weird to me and yeah. she had boobs and the catnip stuff boobs. was very weird and <laughs> it was kind of like a little bit of a mess but mm-hmm. compared to all the other songs it oh. was actually pretty um pretty oh, yeah. high on the list for yeah. me it was i i think like where i'm coming from is that like the i comparison I, I, of it yeah like cuz they made it seem so much like she was performing on stage like right. just like how she usually is, you know. Like they they should if they if they should have just gone for that. They really just should mm-hmm. have gone for her being Taylor Swift as a cat, because mm-hmm. like that I really funny. 
It would have been really funny. But like that's what they, you know, they they had like little backup dancers. I had her strutting down the stage. I'm like, let her do what she what she wants to do. And then I was what also if she had, what if it had been the 1989 stage and she's like, and now welcome to the 1989 runway. It's Gosh. Gigi Hadid. Oh yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> it was just cat mice. <laughs> that would be funny. It was just I'll, all of Taylor Swift's friends in yeah, in digital fur technology. Yeah. It's Halsey. She's here. Yeah. <laughs> this is what she's she been gunning it. for all along. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just re- the musical was really weird. And also, I was wondering what the heck happened to Taylor Swift. Like, what happened happened to Bumblerina? Yeah. So at the very end, yeah. you have McCavity who's like disappearing off of the that weird, you know, deck or whatever the plank, and he grabs Taylor, and then they disappear, and then he reappears. Yeah you know, holding on to, you know, Jennifer Hudson's character, like, flying up. And I'm like, where'd Taylor go? She's, like, disappeared into, like, oblivion. <laughs> she, she was like, She's I'm like, out. There was a Peace. lot like, of that mind. going on in this, though. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, um, like, Jason Derulo was, like, in some scenes, but not other scenes. Like, you can tell that they were working around the schedules of some oh. of these people. And yeah, I honestly feel so like bad. they did that thing where they snapped him and put him on the boat just so that, like, you, you and McCallan and and James Corden like they had limited schedules and they wouldn't have right. to be there for yeah. the rest of the movie it was like oh they're on a boat somewhere okay well now we don't have to deal with them anymore can we all agree though that the best number of the whole thing was the railway cat thing because I was into that I was like okay <laughs> but they were so small cat. the yeah. scale of the cats changed so, so often in the movie it mm-hmm. drove me nuts mm-hmm. and in that one especially they were suddenly like mice sized running across the railway track mm-hmm. and I was just like how big are you supposed to be? Like, have you ever seen a real cat? Like, they're not this small, you know? Yeah. And then, like, they, they're by a trash can once, and they're really, like, really, really, like, only a couple inches tall. And the next time they're by a trash can, and they're, like, as tall <laughs> as a trash can. It's like, oh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think really my favorite. Want, yeah, what's I think your favorite? my favorite number was um, the, like, the mischievous cats mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. were stealing stuff. Yeah. Um, because oh, they had Rumble energy they could and Mungo play off Jerry. Of it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Just because they had. Well, actually, I take that back. My favorite, absolute favorite number was Jellicle Cats when the guy does this like parkour move from like the top of the car, <laughs> and he like spins, and he, their like fur isn't fully formed, so they're all floating slightly off the ground. It was yes. such a mess, like such a spectacular start to that mm-hmm. musical that I just mm-hmm. like I could not stop laughing. And the cat comes out of the bag. That was also oh, the yeah. creepiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, they they tried to make a story out of it because there's not really a yeah. story. You know, they're like, okay, we're gonna because Victoria doesn't have that big of a role. She's like a primary dancer in the musical. Um, right. But like, there was no cat who was like thrown astray. I think they were just like, how are we gonna make this? You know. How are we gonna make the audience understand? Like, okay, we're gonna have this cat. We're gonna make Victoria main cat. <laughs> well, she's she's gonna be a stray, and then these people are gonna introduce her <laughs> to like cats the cat life. Yeah. I don't know about this musical. I I one of the most <sighs> wild things to me that they had happen is Sir Ian McKellen licking out of a saucer. Oh my gosh. Yes. I just. 
like what was he thinking as he did that in his green some, screen suit, some of the you know? people <laughs> were like very dedicated to being like acting like cats some people were <laughs> yeah. not dedicated at all like you can tell that he was taking it very serious like i am a yes. cat let me embody that other <laughs> yes. people not for one second and also like what was up with the weird run that they were doing where like you kind of had your paws up and they were so i was like if this is cats like get everybody down on their hands and knees yeah. or like don't but don't do this weird like run shuffle the, like with shoulder because the, it's, it's all in the shoulders no animal moves like that like Mm-mm. a cat doesn't move like that a human doesn't move like that no it doesn't look like a cat or a human just like get it together people well, it also, makes me like, want to attend scat, cat school to see like what they were being taught because clearly. Yeah, but how long was Taylor Swift at cat school? She could only be there for two days of shooting and yet she did a full cat yeah. school. Like, come again. I don't she think said she, she was it. there more than anybody. <laughs> but one thing that I supremely hated in the, in the musical was the cat clapping. And meow. Meow. Oh. They're clapping for the performances. Oh, I was like, what yeah. is going on? on and they all said meow instead of like Mm -hmm. you know like they literally mouthed meow like Mm -hmm. it was like a word they were saying instead of a sound they were trying to make you know yeah also at one point judy dench just like kicks one of her legs up Oh, and, and I was like, can't do that. Very weird. Yeah. At, <laughs> yeah, like, at the very end, CGI. it was like a performance. She's in that cat bed and she goes, Arrow. Yeah. And I was she's like, like, I don't think yeah. she's that flexible. <laughs> like, that's not happening. Also, no. At the end, at certain parts, people are just like talking straight to the screen as if it's like the oh, office yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's not like that in the rest of the movie. It's just baffling the amount of choices that were made in this. And then also, can we just rewind to earlier this year before any of the trailers came out and they released that like making of behind the scenes thing where everybody was taking it so seriously like it was going to be the most magical, inspiring, life-defining movie that we'd ever seen. (laughs) Like, I want to go back and watch that now because it's just, it's got to be like a a cultural artifact. (laughs) Yeah. Like like when they're like all dancing and yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're like this will change your we've, life. We've talked about the best performance, your best songs. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the worst one? I am going to say oh, Rebel gosh. Wilson's performance was probably the most oh, cringeworthy yeah, one horrifying. of the whole one. Like like even like sh- I they just they wanted to bring this comedy to it that shouldn't have been brought. okay and here's my question during her scene at the very beginning she Mm -hmm. has something between her legs that she pulls up and is singing into and it looks like a raw sausage but her tail is in the background so someone was like oh it's yarn (laughs) and i was like how thick is this yarn well it didn't look like it was like oh it was it looked like a raw tail like they forgot to put the fur on something but her tail is clearly in the background. I thought that she did sing from her tail at, at one end. point. She does have there a, was, like a microphone. There was with the tail at once. So maybe it was a mess up. Maybe, you know what, Ashley? Actually, since he sent two versions out to theaters, maybe you saw one where it was fully formed. <laughs> no. I guess we'll have to go watch it again, you know? <laughs> I'm thinking of the tail at the very end of the song. She has right. her a tiny little tail and she's singing from it. It's like a thin yeah, tail. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, who knows? But it was a creepy song. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah, people got up and walked out. See, that's what I would have recommended it to more people just for the sheer laugh out loud funness of it all. But arguably, like fifty percent of the movie is extremely dull. Like it's so boring. Oh yeah. 
But yeah. some of it is just so funny that I wish they'd carried that energy throughout the whole thing. <laughs> just went with it. And you're like, we're going to make this as campy yeah. as heck and we're just going <laughs> to go with it. And it's it's going to become a cool classic. Because, like, yeah. you know, there's those weird fine lines where like terrible movies people are obsessed with and will watch over and yes. over again. And it, this could have been it. Yeah, it's maybe just a I will one hundred percent in twenty years watch the version of the disaster artist that's about this movie <laughs> or like Dolomite is my name, yes. where it's like people playing the people behind the scenes of this, like trying <laughs> mm-hmm. to put it together in a race to get it out by Christmas. Like one hundred percent, I will watch that movie. It'll be I amazing. Was sort of. I was like kind of had respect for Rebel Wilson because her she, like you and McKellen, was really going all in on like the oh, let was. me do some weird cat things. I felt like the worst performances, one was James Corden, who like I just always hate <laughs> and is annoying. But two, like I felt like Jennifer Hudson was not doing what she was supposed to be doing. Nope. She was crying a lot, but she was not giving me any cat anything. Yeah. And she was just like, Well, at weeping. one point she like, was, there was crying. No, which was pretty funny. Well, that's true. <laughs> and, but she had no that one coat on. She was just mm-hmm. like slinking in the corners. She was giving us no shades. It was just like straight yeah. snot from the beginning. Oh my like, God. no. <laughs> and it's like, she was basically just this, was she a slutty cat or like a drug riddled cat? Like what was her so, issue? I don't know. So like in the musical, they're trying to say that she, she, she lived this glamorous life. She was like very famous, very popular. She was a dancer. She was like, everybody loved her. She was beautiful and she got older. And then apparently in, in the movie, she went with McCavity and McCavity is the one who like brought her down, but like went with her, went with he, her. Like, like, he, he, she, like so he, she's like, Taylor she, Swift, but older. Like, like she got rid of. Like, like she got just, rid of Jennifer Hudson and got Taylor Swift. Yeah, but she became like a groupie yeah. for McCavity. McCavity like won her over, and so she became like. Well, a bad, how judgy are those cat. cats then for like but, rejecting her? But in the musical, she's an old cat. She used to be famous. She's no longer at her prime, and so these cats are super and sh- are super shady and super like judgy. Y- judgy, which I didn't understand because they liked Ian McGregor's I me mean, Ian McGregor. <laughs> they like Ian's character. <laughs> that would have been good. And then they liked um, the uh, for, Judy Dench's character, and they're both old as f. Yeah, and they're so, racist. Like, the cats yeah, so are like, racist. They tried to like put an element in the movie of like, oh, it's McCavity. She she went with McCavity and that's why they all hate her. But it's just that she's super <laughs> old and they just don't like her. That's super slut shame. And they're like jealous. It's kind of like, oh, you're prime. You're out of your prime. You're no longer oh what you were. So. Wow. Meow. You know who I also really <laughs> liked was the um was the magician cat. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what I can't remember what his name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, magical Mr. Mistopheles. But apparently, like, I was reading an article that in the play, he's like sort of in love with um Rum Tum Tugger, the Jason Derulo character. But then ooh, in the movie, they were like, ooh. no, he's going to be the love interest for um Victoria, the main girl. <laughs> yeah. Is that true, Ashley? Yeah, there's really like one. So I watched it once. And I through the whole time in the musical, I was like, what the f- is going on? You know, but I still kind of <laughs> understood what was going on. I did not catch any love interest in the <laughs> movie or in, in the musical. In the movie, there was like three different oh, love interests for her. There was um, Jason Derulo. There was um, the that one guy who was kind of like the showing her guy, around. Yeah. That main guy. And then it was um, the marvelous Mr whatever his name was <laughs> like there was i didn't see any love interest at all like i was even talking to my friend who went to see it with I me know. and i was like 
did you see a love interest between yeah, the cats? <laughs> and they're like, no. Like maybe James Corden and yeah. food. That's about it. <laughs> no, but no that was a very uh, sexual movie oh. for CGI cats. They oh, really yes. wanted to get get yeah. alone in a dark corner and start licking each other. It was very weird. Well, cats Yikes. do reproduce quite often, so they wanted to get that there. Like, oh, man, Ooh. I know. It was just such a mess. It was... I don't know why he thought of all the musicals in all the world that that would make sense for a movie because on the play, it's about dancing. It's all one set. It takes place in one little moment. And here it's like, oh, let's go to this weird milk bar. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's like a weird yeah. abandoned London where no humans exist. And I just, all the whole movie, I was just like, wow, I cannot yeah. believe that this is happening by an Oscar winning director. <laughs> and just all these actors involved, all these actresses, all these mm-hmm. musicians. It was just mm-hmm. like, man, what a mess. And what's funny is not a single one of them, except for Jason Derulo, has stood up for this film since it came out. <laughs> well, I think we're all also ready for our tea time because <laughs> I think this must be the reason why yes. Taylor has been MIA. It was because of cats. Mm. Yeah, Matt. So at the end of an episode, as you know, we like to take a pause, think about some scandal, some drama, some thing uh-huh. happening in the Swifty Dumb and mm-hmm. and spill the tea on it. So Yeah, whether it's oh like gosh. drama between <laughs> um, you know, Swifties online or drama between Taylor and somebody else, or maybe like misconception that everyone has. And this tea time for the week is going to be how this people ha- are missing Taylor and you know she was not very active during the holidays after the cats premiere she kind of went MIA and she didn't post on Christmas she didn't post on New Year's you know like and she has these songs about Christmas she has the songs about New Year's you know like we can keep the Christmas lights mm. up to January this is our house with the rules <laughs> she has not posted and people are like they're freaking out on Twitter like they're like I hope everything's okay with Taylor. You know, hashtag we love Taylor Swift like was trending because people were like, did something bad, something bad with her mom and something bad with her. Like, oh my oh gosh, goodness. what's the matter with Taylor? So where in the world That's is Taylor a lot. Swift? I know. That is Wait, weirdly so- like invasive i feel like so she didn't post anything and then people were like oh my gosh she's like having a health concern or like Mm -hmm. her mother is sick or something yeah but hasn't doesn't she like it's i mean she's posting more now but hasn't she gone like you know weeks or whatever without posting before and then also it's the holidays (laughs) all all september she hardly posted and then no one was like we love taylor (laughs) swift like no they're just like where's taylor i I think yeah, it's that's a Kat's little premiere. odd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I'm just gonna bow out of this. I did way too much promo yeah. for this in the first place. I mean, yeah, I think she's been vocal about wanting to take some personal time and and valuing that personal time. And like, when else would she do that than over the holidays? So I don't exactly. think we have to read into that. You know, it's just like, yeah, everyone needs to calm down. You know, you're being too loud. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can we just not? It's just, yeah. You see, Matt, we look at, uh, as Swifties, we look into every little thing Taylor does and every yeah. little thing Taylor doesn't mm-hmm. do. <laughs> like, it's just, just everything's an Easter egg. Yeah. Everything's 
a huge deal. And so yeah, how many days has she been silent? Week. Because maybe it's a reverse countdown, and in <gasps> oh, you know oh my gosh, fourteen yes. days something will happen. When did she last post yeah. something? Maybe it's Cat's a moment premiere. of silence before her Sundance film premiere. You know, maybe she's gearing Ooh. up for that. Maybe mm-hmm. she's writing a president's day song and she's working on that right now putting oh some easter eggs you know maybe <laughs> she's getting married whoa <laughs> <gasps> drama yeah, ashley loves a marriage plotline she's <laughs> always coming back to this i've listened to this podcast enough that it's like she's always getting married one day my question true. is do you think that she's do you think she's gearing up for some kind of anti-Justin Bieber uh, thing? Because his new song comes out tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And then he's also got a new album and a documentary coming out. Like very competitive. She, you know, yeah, trying to stage some coup (laughs) against him and Scooter. Maybe it's less anti-Justin Bieber and more pro Selena Gomez because she has her album coming out too, right? Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) She does. Yeah. And she's she posted all these like photos of this past decade, um, or the past year, and one was her cuddling little tiny kitten, um, Benjamin Buttons. And then the mm. very end of it was talking about how her album's coming out and she's so excited for it, you know. So I'm excited for take for go. Selena's. Yeah. And for Justin's because Justin's probably gonna have some dirt, you know, maybe <laughs> some backlash from from Selena. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna I love the drama. I know. That's why we have this podcast. But um, (laughs) Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, if you want more Matt, more movie talk, you can always find us at PS You're Wrong. And for anyone here, just for some Taylor Swift stuff, we are on Instagram at at Swiftish Podcast and on Twitter at Swiftish Pod 13. Feel free to send us an email with your thoughts on cats if any of you saw it. (laughs) But we're at SwiftishPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, but until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, what's a jellical cat? (laughs) That's a good question. I still don't know. (laughs) Truly.